Jesus himself claimed to be the Messiah, to be the Lord. And people thought that he was being possessed by the devil, that he's a lunatic. That's why C.S. Lewis said, if he is not Lord, he is lunatic. If we can prove that this is a lie, then for 2,000 years, the Catholic Church has been the biggest institutional liar. The question is, why? The answer lies in our own quest for the truth. No, The answer lies in our own dialogue, in our own prayer. Let's ask God, right? And we are here to understand one another, to listen to one another. And yeah, I shared to you my story and I'm so amazed by the work that you are doing here and thank you for the chance for sharing this testimony this podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics hi everyone and welcome to the Narrow Door Podcast today we continue to hear Burns's Catholic reversion story as he reveals the turning points that led him back to the Catholic Church we also talk about the Great Schism and how we can heal the division in Christianity in response to a listener's email. Let's get the show on the road. And they say one of the biggest issues is that um, we don't have enough priests. But, you know, I guess, honestly, I might be crucified. I don't know, Burns, maybe you can correct me. Um, I guess the parish pastoral council, they're not doing their job the right way. Ooh, strong words. I'm going to lay it there because it's... Burns, what do you think? Uh, ever since I became an active uh, content creator, and in fact, I'm writing a book now, and this is also something that I am going to touch on that, I've always believed when I came back to the church, unprecedented, because to be Catholic again was the last thing on earth that I would want to become, because I thought I would become a pastor. That was the trajectory, no? that, but that's another story later. When I entered the church again, of course, I felt at home. Finally, I understood what I was looking for. Finally, all pieces made sense. Finally, all my questions when I was young are answered. But I was also confronted by the fact that there is this thing that I called, I'm not sure if any other Catholic authors called it this way because I googled it, wala yung term, a crisis in catechesis. So that's why I want to explore that particular uh, concept. And what do I mean by this? Masi John Paul, I, although I will not say definitively that all parish pastoral councils are failing because I know certain parishes, they have vibrant, uh, sorry, you know, parang ano pa to, yung guesting pa natin muna. Okay, Jerry, man, Kuya Jay na lang. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. So sabi ni Kuya Jay, di ba, na uh, the pastoral councils of the churches are failing. Perhaps some, yes, I agree. Yeah. But I don't think we could uh, overgeneralize in fact, yeah, yeah. the sorry, sorry. I didn't mean in to. the Philippines yeah. or even the church in the whole world because I know parishes who are very vibrant in their communities. Unfortunately, uh, there are also a lot of parishes where there are not just a shortage of priests, but a shortage of well-formed laity. No, when you say well-formed lady, like even the ministers of the Eucharist are not informed, what is the Eucharist? You don't see, I mean, I remember a friend of mine was telling me in one diocese, he gave a talk to the uh, ministers of the, ordinary lay ministers of the Eucharist. They didn't even know how to explain the Eucharist. And it is so sad that these are the basic tenets of biblical faith that has been there. In fact, that's one of the things that I've realized uh, Friends, no, when I was in studying the er, in studying the early church, the Eucharist was at the center of the community. It's there, no, in, in the book of Acts, the, they were coming together in prayer and in the breaking of bread. And if you would look at the early church writings in the first century of Christianity, 
the center of worship was the Eucharist. That's how they built community around Jesus himself present in that sacrament. But right now in the Catholic churches, we don't see that reality being, being lived out in a lot of parishes. Can we blame the parish priest? I think there are many factors that we should take into consideration in identifying the problem. But it, for me, instead of putting the blame on the parish priest, the clergy, the nuns, etc., we ordinary Catholics who don't have the callers should step up our game in really unboxing our faith and really trying to remind everyone, hey, this is what the Bible has been teaching us. Hey, this is what the early church has thought about the scripture. And this is how the, the Bible is, it, it, for us Catholics, no, what I realize is it's a Catholic book. You know, it's a Catholic book that was compiled by the church and Catholics should read this. Catholics should, you know, learn from our non-Catholic brethren who are so passionate about the word of God because the written word of God, again, the, the scriptura, is an important uh, part of revelation. Although in the Catholic worldview, there's a different, as I've said earlier, there's this thing as sola verbum dei because, of course, as Catholics, we still give uh, credence to apostolic tradition. Diba? As St. Paul said nga, uh, siya, in second Thess if I remember correctly, Second Thessalonians 2.15, he says there that you should live up by the traditions that you have learned from us, whether by word of mouth or by epistle or written. Diba? So for us Catholics, our view is sola verbum dei, the word of God alone. And the word is both scripture and apostolic tradition. And we have to rediscover this. And we have a lot of things to learn from our non-Catholic friends who, upon waking up, they are already reading the Bible. Upon retiring, they're still reflecting on the Bible. And the scripture, the whole day is soaked into the presence of God because scriptures are there. And you know, I'm not sure if Jay or Sam, if you're aware of the liturgy of the hours, now, have you heard of the Lexio Divina? That is the church's response to what St. Paul said, pray without ceasing. Right, right. I mean, you know, when it comes to the Bible and how, like, all the different denominations in the Christian church right now are taking it and interpreting it. I, I think, I feel like that's, we could do a whole other show on that. Oh, yeah, you know, that's a separate episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, like I just wanted to point out how maybe that's something that we can take from our Protestant brothers and sisters is like, right. you know, maybe that welcoming energy, like maybe really creating that sense of community, even outside something like the feast, you know, in a yeah. traditional church. It'd be nice if you had people that you were looking forward to, to seeing, um, maybe checking up on your, you know, fellow parish members. Like, hey, you yes. know, you're going to mass today. Yung ganon, may sense na ganyan, na parang we're accountable for each other as well. Is maybe something that is a little lacking. And then you move back to the Catholic. Ano, I've I've heard of a few na ganon. Mm. Pero sa you, ano yung pinaka turning point mo, or maybe the emotions? I know there's the anti-Catholic rhetoric. Pero what made you decide? Sige, babalik tanga ako talaga sa Catholic Church. Okay, sige. Uh, there's a story. Okay, sakto to. Yeah. 45 minutes. Narinig ko na to eh. Kinuwento niya sa podcast ko to. One hour. So, uh, so in, five five minutes, in five minutes, tell me. <laughs> in five minutes, Lord, have mercy on me. <laughs> okay, so uh, I was in high school when I became a non-Catholic Christian. You know, and then when I went to college, I went to a university called University of Asia and the Pacific. Uh, it's in Pasig. So I, 
I got there through a scholarship, thanks be to God. And I was so passionate, of course, no? All, all ano naman, they say, quote-unquote, before first-generation Christians, yun yung terminology na ginagamit. And I was, quote-unquote, part of it kasi nga, I thought I was the first Christian in my family line because that, the definition of Christian that was given to me was a non-Catholic person, diba? So, I went here in this university. It's not a Catholic university. It's a secular university. But it has a vibrant community, what Jay Paul was saying earlier. And it has a vibrant community. And it has, for the first time in my life, I had real formation. I had real classes in catechism. I finally understood what the church was teaching. And then whenever I would, you know, I have all of these quote-unquote misconceptions, I was thinking that all Catholics will go to hell, diba? So when I, first year college pala, nag-start na ako ng mga Bible studies. Okay, I was inviting people to join me during breaks, etc. And then I had a theology professor. He's very old na during that time, until now, no? But we're still very good friends. He became a family <laughs> friend, became my mentor, parang father figure, lolo figure, etc. His name is Roque. And in our first theology class, he's very open. No, A lot of even Protestants would love you know, talking to him. He asked us, who among here are non-Catholics? Of course, I raised my hand. I was so proud. Diba? And then he started asking us, okay, if you want to have a one-on-one -on -one mentoring chats, no, just to you know, get to know more about your faith. And then he asked me, so tell me about your story. How did you become a Protestant? And then I told him my story. No, and I was so proud. In fact, I was even thinking one day I'll see this guy kneeling in our church, receiving Jesus as his Lord and Savior. That was my prayer. But then he was never, he did not argue with me, Pastor D. He was just there, you know, listening. As you said, listening is important and very important in dialogue. That's why I love this show because of the dialogue component and listening component. But he told me something that really puzzled me, you know, something that I would only realize after four years. He told me, well, of course, you, you are very passionate about the scriptures, but you know, I think you are missing something really, really important in the Christian faith. And I asked him, what am I missing? I know the Bible. I know that I am saved because our church believes in osas. Okay, another, if you have notebooks there, osas means once saved, always saved. Nothing can happen that you would lose your salvation. And you know, I don't know what victory thinks about that or what heaven, new heaven and new earth thinks about that because there are varied opinions on that doctrine of, of evangelical Christianity. But needless to say, he told me that I was missing something important. And I asked him, what is that? And then he told me during that time, Burns, you are missing the Eucharist. And I was like, the Eucharist? <laughs> you know, what, what the hell is the Eucharist? I mean, it's just another Catholic invention in the Middle Ages so that, be, so that the church can manipulate people, so that the church can get money from the, the, the masses. That's how I was told, right? That the Eucharist is just cannibalism, that the Eucharist is, is, is a great abomination. So that stayed with me. And then I took theo Theology 1, Theology 2, Theology 3. And I was told by my pastors that all Catholic beliefs are non-biblical. That there are no, no ways to explain things from the Bible. And so I was so shocked when a priest, you know, became my professor in the sacraments. We talked about the sacrament of confession. You know, basically what I had in college was exposure to the writings of the church fathers, the writings of the early Christians. And man, when I was reading the Didache and all of these historical documents of the first church, I was thinking, teka muna. In my, in my own community, we were told that we are restoring Christianity into its purest forms without the clutches and traditions of Rome. But how come I'm reading a first century Christian writing that talks about the sacrament of confession? 
no? And then I was told that the Catholic Church was established only by the, by Emperor Constantine in in the year 300. But how come Saint Ignatius of Antioch in 100 AD or 107 or 110 AD was saying in his letter to the Spiriniads, where the where there is G, where Jesus is and where your bishop is, there the Catholic Church is. So all of these things, no, of course, that's not. These are not just one sitting kind of thing. It, it took years for me to really, you know, uh, try to grapple because in Sundays I would hear a lot of anti-Catholic rhetoric, but from Monday to Friday, I am listening as Pastor Dennis was saying and finally understanding what the real teachings of the Catholic Church are. And I realized, man, perhaps I got it all wrong. I'm not saying that Protestants are wrong. I'm referring to my to myself, no, no, just to clarify, I'm not imposing here anything. I'm just sharing my, my testimony. And then I started, you know, having this, I, I, I prayed a lot because I wanted to become a pastor. And then I was telling myself, how come the church's teachings in its history, in the catechism, is now starting to make sense? And what I have been told in the Protestant setting about what the Catholic teaching or, or what the Catholic church is teaching is not the actual teaching of the church. So you can just imagine Pastor D na I was in a dilemma, no? And and Instructor H na parang, kamuna, paano to? No, ano mangyayari? But you know, the turning point, okay? You asked for the turning point. I was building up the, the context of what happened. Yes. The you need turning point. Oh my goodness, okay. Well, Anna, five is, minutes is up. You cannot <laughs> try the turning point. <laughs> if you've heard of Scott Hand, Steve Ray, and all of these Catholic converts, if they, if you ask them, you they would always tell you that there are a lot of reasons why they became a Catholic. But the, the summary is that what G.K. Chesterton said, that finally they discovered it to be true to its claims. And what is the Catholic Church claiming? And without sounding presumptuous, and you know, very, very daring yung claim ng church kasi that they say that they have the fullness of truth. No, that was the claim of the Catholic Church, and that still is. And for me, during that time, Man, I was really intrigued by that. And so when the Pope came here, well, after all, after having all of this Catholic formation, finally, hindi ko na iniisip na lahat ng Katoliko pupunta ng impyerno. Baka naman may mga Katolikong maliligtas, no? Baka may onte, I was thinking. Then I posted something on Facebook. Sabi ko, finally, Lolo Kiko is here, no? I'm not a Catholic Christian, but I hope all of us will be inspired by his message of mercy and compassion. So friends from Victory Church started saying, yes, I'm also inspired even though I'm not a Catholic. So friends from CCF also said, yes, I'm also inspired. All of these uh, evangelical churches, they were positive about the arrival of the Pope. But then when I came to my church the next Sunday, I was called out by one of the leaders after church service. Burns, we are praying for you. Because you are a leader of the church. You're leading the youth ministry. But I, we, we are feeling that Satan is deceiving you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sam, Satan. I know you're, you're scared of that term. I'm <laughs> getting better at it, yes. And so I, I was asking myself, I asked him, why do you think, why, why am I being deceived by Satan? Well, of course, at the back of my mind, I already knew it. It was about the, my post on the Pope. And then he started saying, you know, the Pope is the Antichrist. The Pope is like this and that. That the Church of the, the Church of Satan, the synagogue of Satan, the whore of Babylon, all of these things. And then I just snapped out. Considering that that was, I think I was in third year, I already had nine units of theology. 
I finally understood what the church is really teaching, far from the caricatures, far from the misconceptions, far from the misrepresentations. And then I asked him, Kuya, what if we are wrong? Why do we keep on saying that the church is the Antichrist, that the Pope is the devil in flesh? And in fact, I study in a university that is not Catholic, but very deep in its Catholic formation because of its inspiration through Opus Dei and Saint Jose Maria Escriva. They are not, they never ever said anything against the Protestant church, nothing. It's always that, you know, what we can learn from the Protestants, what we can, you know, how we can work together with them. And what I saw is all of the misconceptions that we believed in are misrepresentations of real Catholic teachings. I'll give you an example. What I've done is I read about the Eucharist from John chapter 6, from the written writings of Paul, from the witness of the early church. And I found out, and as I'm not sure if you know pa Pastor Francis Chan, he recently preached about this. He's an evangelical. He's not a Catholic. But he had the same realization along with all the Catholic converts. You know, when you go back to history, you would discover that in the first 1,500 years of the church, everyone knew that the Eucharist is not just a symbol, but it was really the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord. And another turning point for me, since you asked for the turning point, is this thing of the sola scriptura. And there are questions that I've never asked before and questions that perhaps I could propose all the audience to reflect on. You may not necessarily agree with the teachings of the church on this matter, but it would be honest and humble for all of us to admit that these questions need to be asked. St. Paul was saying in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scriptures are breathed by God and Catholics believe in that, right? That the scriptures are profitable for teaching. It is an authority of faith. But where the difference lies is Catholics also uphold, as we have been believing in the past 2,000 years, that apostolic tradition is also a witness of divine revelation. That's why we believe in sola verbum Dei. The word of God alone as compared to sola scriptura, which is scriptures alone. Because for us, the word of God can be both written as in the scriptures and also passed on, right? In the scriptures, what I realized, and this is how the church has understood it for the past 2,000 years, along with other people who jumped, you know, crossed the Tiber and became Catholic. When St. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 2.15 that we should hold firm and stand fast to the traditions that we have learned from them, these are not referring to the traditions of men per se, because there are two types of traditions that we can see in the Bible, the traditions of men, which Jesus hated, and the apostolic traditions that the early church had. And you know, another thing that, I, that really struck me is, where did we get the Bible? You know, we always say that the Bible alone should be the real authority of faith, but where is that in the Bible? The best that I, perhaps Pastor Dennis and InstaH can, you know, give way in to this. This is not a debate. Of course, this is a dialogue. I'm just really sharing with you my thought process during that time of my reversion. The, 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 the Bible, as far as we know, never claimed to be the pillar and foundation of truth. In fact, when I was asked by a, a Catholic who knew about his faith, I, uh, he, was, he asked me, Burns, what is the pillar and foundation of your faith? Of course, sure. the Bible. Yeah. But then Timothy was told by Paul that it's the church that was the pillar and foundation of truth. I think we can all agree to that. It's, of course, in the scripture. Now, my question is, how did we have the Bible as it is now? Because before, when I was a younger Christian, I thought that the, Catholic, that the, the Bible was just dropped onto our laps as it is now. No? I have a Bible here. Na parang, yan na yun. But then I didn't know when you go back to history, there was a process. 
In fact, when St. Paul wrote that all scriptures are breathed by God, he was referring to the Old Testament because during that time, the New Testament hasn't been written yet. And what was interesting for me in my journey is knowing how the New Testament was formed and knowing how the Bible was compiled in the early church. And his, history will tell us, that's why this is what I wanted to share, okay, just for all of us to consider, pray about, reflect on, and read on, it's the councils assembled by the Pope, by the bishop that compiled the Bible. And for me, during that time, I thought, if I am rejecting the teachings of the Catholic Church, I am rejecting the Bible that the church has compiled. But you know, one day I just went to the oratory and I knelt for the first time after so many years in front of the statue of Lady, of Our Lady Mary. And I told her, you know what? My pastor told me that you're dead and you can't hear me. You know what? My pastor told me that it is a sin that I am kneeling before you, that it is a sin that I'm talking to you because I'm committing idolatry. I don't know why I'm here. After all that I have read, after all that I have been thinking about, after discussions with so many people, I'm not at peace. Because I wanted to become a pastor, I didn't want to accept the truths of the Catholic Church. And then I told her, if you are real, if you can hear me, bring me peace. Of course, months passed, I was not yet a Catholic. I continued reading on you know, books, testimonials, studies, etc. Until one day when I decided to go to confession to become a Catholic, the priest told me, you know, Burns, it's good that you told me about the story of what you told Mary in your prayer, no? Because today is the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. I didn't know that. I didn't know that when I went back to the church, that was a feast day of Mary. Sorry, Pastor Dennis, napahaba yung kwento ko, pero kasi parang, yeah, yun, yeah, that's yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. I think the listeners need to hear parang nabitin kami parang oh so bakit nga di ba parang <laughs> then go to unboxing Catholicism so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would always tell them three things no that I will also share with everyone for you to unbox on your own what I appreciated about the Catholic faith are three things continuity historicity and authority so continuity because what the church is teaching now can be traced back to what the apostles believed in. We have ample evidences, evidence from the church fathers, from the early church, no? Historicity because it has a rich history. Even Protestant scholars are, are studying the history of the church in so many ways. And that, as I have said, the authority. The claim to authority can sound presumptuous for those who are non-Catholics, but I guess it is an honest and humble attempt for us if we will examine that jesus himself claimed no to be the messiah to be the lord and people thought that he was being you know uh, possessed by the devil that he's a lunatic that's why c.s lewis said if he is not lord he is lunatic the church for the past two thousand years have also made the claim the claim is this is the church established by jesus himself historically speaking that this church has the fullness of truth without excluding the non-Catholic Christian brethren that we have, okay? And then the church claims the authority also through its magisterium since it compiled the scriptures as shown by history to be also the authoritative interpreter of this. Now, we don't have the time to talk about this now, but of course, we can explore it on our own. The question is, why? If the church, if we can prove that this is a lie, then for 2,000 years, the Catholic Church has been the biggest institutional liar. 
of all times, claiming to all of claiming all of these things. But if it were true, what are we going to do? The answer lies in our own quest for the truth. No, the answer lies in our own dialogue, in our own prayer. Let's ask God, right? And we are here to understand one another, to listen to one another. And yeah, I shared to you my story and I'm so amazed by the work that you are doing here. And thank you for the chance for sharing this testimony. I don't know, Burns. I think you did all the work today is how I see it. Uh, Burns, thanks so much for sharing your story with us in such detail. And I also appreciate that you are willing to ask the difficult questions because, you know, you're right. Sometimes because we don't necessarily agree on some of these things, asking these questions um, could be a little awkward you know it could be a little yeah. difficult but i think if we really want to honestly go about this journey of ours which yeah i think which we can put as seeking for the truth as we are all journeying here in the faith um it's it's bold of you and i appreciate that you're putting it out there for all of us to think about so you know jumping from all of that i just wanted to get to a message that i got from a listener of ours and i just wanted to pick your brains on this we can just briefly go through the questions that he's asking this is coming from alex lucena who says hi sam i've been blessed listening to your podcast it helps me a lot in getting to know more of god and deepen my faith so thank you for doing this i love how you guys jive with each other and compliment one another there is a question that has always been bothering me why does the church have to be so divided and worse why do we discriminate against one another I had an experience with my non-Catholic Christian best friend. We found ourselves arguing about our faith, and I felt I was discriminated for being a Catholic. And I couldn't help it, and I had to end the conversation with a question, why can't you guys accept that Catholics are Christians too? I hope you find this topic interesting enough to ask your panel why we discriminate against one another, and yet we declare that we are followers of Christ. A few more questions for the brothers, and we can touch on this again, just very briefly. Why did the Great Schism have to happen, and is there any progress on the possible reunification of the Orthodox and Catholics? Oh, I have a feeling that is not going to be a brief question. Um, would the non-Catholic Christians forgive the papacy and accept the Catholics as fellow Christians? Lastly, what did Jesus mean with his prayer that the church may all be one thank you for reading my questions god bless you that is coming from alex i want to start with this great schism i mean gosh as briefly as you can honestly when i heard great schism i thought this was the protestant um church breaking away from the catholics it's the it's within the catholic church pala, between the orthodox and the catholics so i don't know what what well, how would you answer this question uh, maybe Pastor Dennis can answer because he has to leave before yeah. and probably will answer next. Yeah, okay. I have, yeah, I typed my four answers to the question. Short answers. Okay. okay. I think number one, why is there such a great divide? I think especially now we live in a world where people love to say their opinion without really understanding the context behind subjects. No, So, yan yung isa sa mga, I think for me, parang it's, when when I hear Burns sharing his story about how the pastors would say this, it just goes to show how untrained some of them are on, on certain subjects. No, so kaya nagkakaroon ng bad experiences yung tao that it became a turning point even for Burns to say, you know what, I I'll just go back to the Catholic faith. Number two, uh, we don't know how to listen and journey with people. Right. Uh, pag marunong lang tayo makinig, siguro 
most of the discussions won't even happen na ganito ka tindi, na ganito ka puno ng hate if we learn how to listen to the stories of people. And when we learn how to journey with them, right? I think that was a good opportunity when Bern said to the pastor, Pastor, help me out in this. Kung ako siguro, nasarapan na ako magkape with Burns kasi academic siya eh. Ako, lasal yeah. lang ako. So, at least matututo ako sa kanya, no? So, <laughs> ako rin naman, lasal. Oh, mga, mga lasal lang kasi kami eh. Formal lang kami. Japorms kami, no? So, but we would learn how to we'd learn how to journey with somebody who's actually seeking. Ang sarap makipag-discuss sa ganun na hindi kailangan mag-away. Hindi yes. kailangan antay palagi. Diba? Imbis na anti-view, dapat antayin mo, makinig ka. Diba? Uh, number three. Okay, which for me, which I see now, especially among people with a lot of knowledge, when we see everything as academic, there's gonna be no way we're going to agree. When everything is sliced down to academic, right? And this happens to Christians, this happens to a lot of theologians. Basta ito yung bias namin eh. Basta ito yung school of thought namin. Ano school of thought mo? Ah, alam ko na yan. Very academic masyado yung discussion. Nakakalimutan mo, guys, tao din tayo ha. Hindi lahat textbook. Diba? Hindi lahat history book. Diba? Let's learn how to balance thinking for me yan eh. Diba? And, and I think we all got burned now with people saying, ito sabi sa Bible eh, ito sabi sa Bible. Teka lang ha, naaral mo na ba talaga yung Hebrew-Greek word niyan? Diba? Yeah. Kasi mamaya may sinasabi ka, mm-hmm, maling-maling interpretation mo dyan. Diba? And that's where I'm careful now. In fact, yesterday I was talking to Tammy, she was asking questions na wala akong sagot. And then I said, Tammy, na-realize mo, ngayon mas matanda na tayo, mas wala na tayong sagot. <laughs> Sayo nung 20 plus tayo. Ay, alam ko na anong gagawin diyan. Ganito lang 'yan. Ganyan lang 'yan. Ay, mali ang idea mo. Ganito gagawin natin. Now that I'm, you know, yeah. Yeah, I'm older now. It's like, okay. Good conversation. Good to ask the Lord about that one. I don't think I have the answer. My 25-year-old would have an answer or my 23-year-old Dennis would have an answer to that. But now that I'm 40 plus 41, I don't have an answer to it. Right? Because not everything is academic. Not everything is Bible study mo. No? Yung iba talaga ini-experience mo. Yun yung lagi namin encouragement kay Harold eh. Hindi mo talaga ma-explain yung grace ni God pag wala ka pang asawa. No? Kasi doon mo ma-experience yung grasya ni Lord. Okay. And lastly, you know why there's such a great divide? I've interviewed atheists, agnostics, uh, militaristic Protestants, and militaristic uh, Catholics, it's because we're shaped by our bad experiences. Pag dyan ka nang gagaling, mahirap talaga yung lens. We won't come together talaga in unity. Bakit? You're shaped by a, you're shaped by a traumatic experience. Diba? Sinabihan ka bang ganito or ganyan? O sinabihan ka, nako, like kami, example, I speak in tongues. But I heard a teaching that says, speaking in tongues is of the devil. It's demonic. Wah, demonic ang victory? Occult pala kami? Hindi kami cult? Occult? Dahil nagtatangs kami? When you're shaped by bad experiences and you ask, why? Maybe because when they were young, may nag-force sa kanila, dapat nagtatangs ka kung di ka nagtangs, di ka Christian. Wrong theology. Right? Yeah. And so they're shaped by bad experiences. Burns, I, we went through bad experiences of anti-Catholic rhetorics. So I grew up that way. Ah, si Mary, ganito. Si ano, ganyan. Si ganito. Yan. I read the chick publications. I don't know. Oh, Bernie, yes. That. I yeah, know so that. Yes. That's one of my first thick books that is so yes. 
not theologically, historically accurate. Yes. Imagine to be shaped by that when I was in high school, the time when I was so vulnerable, that shaped me because nagustuhan ko comics niya, yung pala mm. sobra niya anti-Catholic. Exactly. So that shaped my experience or my view of Catholicism that made mm. it hard for me to reach out to Catholics and even listen to Catholics. Yes, right? Yes. Until I've experienced my own failures and there were Christians who actually sat down with me and loved me unconditionally. That's when I get to see, ah, tayo, tao, no? we need to actually listen to each other and share the love of Jesus and live out this faith that we preach by having healthy dialogues like this and not trying to say, yeah, that's really wrong. You know, that's, ano. Yes, yes. Okay, may pinanggagalingan ka, tingnan natin. Like, maraming sinabi si Burns about the Catholic faith today na sobrang foreign ako. So, I couldn't even comment on it because it would be unfair to comment on it without any research or academic research, not Wikipedia, YouTube yes. research, but an academic research on the subject to even share uh, that. No? So, yun lang. Uh, yeah, that's for me. You know, I mean, even as a practicing Catholic, some of the things that Burns talks about, like, I feel bad because, you know, I don't, I, feel, bad. I don't feel well-versed in some of the things no, that no, he's no. talking about. Um, I really started wondering about this when I went to the Holy Land. So everything, most of it, most Christian areas of holiness managed by Franciscans, except the, the Bethlehem where Jesus was born. Uh, it's managed by Greek Orthodoxy. And I was surprised because everything is similar in practices. Pero iba yung charism, iba yung energy, iba yung spirit. So, nako, pag-uwing, pag-uwing, and that's just aeroplano pa lang pa. Ano pinagkaiba ng Greek Orthodoxy at Catholic Church? Ganyan, ganyan. So, very, very, um, the, the, the founding founding leader is, is different. It's, uh, we follow Peter, I think they follow Andrew or Philip. I, I, I forget. But anyway, um, Maraming differences, lalo na because of the... As in, like, manood kayo ng history, like, Byzantine era, yung nagka... As in, like, yung nag, may hiwalay yan. So, anyway, um, let's just focus on the positive. Gulo yan, eh. Um, the first time, for, let's go to Pope John Paul II, the first time the Archbishop of Rome and the Archbishop of Canterbury talked or bumisitang Archbishop of Canterbury during the funeral of Pope John Paul. Na-repair yung relationship na yun. Um, and then, Pope Francis is opening doors na, let's be one church again. So, to to the Greek Orthodoxy. Um, just really, alam mo, difference, it's more of practice. <laughs> and, and then nobody, um, well, ang mahirap kasi I'm assuming that the Catholic Church won't give up the, the the spiritual authority. So we're asking them to to come back to us. Um, I don't know. That's going to be a very uh, maybe Burns can have different uh, a better answer than me. But more than anything, the relationship is um, we have to remember all Christians are part of. If we pray the Apostles' Creed, we're part of the one holy Catholic Apostolic Church. Our difference, as us, me, Burns, and Sam, we're part of the Roman Catholic Church. So, yun lang ang difference. But all Christians and Catholics are similar because who are we? We are supposed to be the faith that is all-embracing. 
and that is what Catholicism means, and that's what our our Apostles' Creed dictates. So um, we have one God, which makes us one faith. But yeah, I mean, I guess well, that's why I love this narrow door podcast is because we we promote the we promote truth, but there is friendship, and I'm pretty sure Satan does not like that. Satan uh-huh. does not like unity. Um, he's the father of life. Why do you think there's so much division in the church right now? And what is the right way to kind of, you know, go about this, to go about our differences? I think uh, somehow we were able to talk about this before, about the division in the church. Uh, but I mean, basically- this is pretty much the premise of our podcast, you know. So, mm. yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. It's the Harry. Go ahead. Uh, but basically, yes, um, we all believe that God's will is for us to be united, for us to be one. And just like how it was compared in Matthew chapter 23 that uh, a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, din tayo gustong maggather ng Diyos. And even kung titingnan natin, um, yung mga sheep, Something that is very common in their characteristics is that they want to gather together. Kaya nga, Anjos, si Jesus, we can consider him as our shepherd. At dapat sumusunod tayo sa kanila. As sheep, we must have, we must know the voice of the shepherd. Para kung saan pumunta yung shepherd, we will be able to follow. We will be able to know, madistinguish yung voice ng shepherd na ililid tayo dun sa truth. And yun nga, that's a characteristic of God. Um, he is the life. He Sa kanya nagagaling buhay natin. He is the light. Um, that's why uh, uh, that's why he sent the light, who is Jesus, yung Messiah natin at the time of first coming. And before Jesus, wala pa yung It was darkness because the people during that time, um, hindi pa nila naunawaan clearly on how God will be able to fulfill these promises that he had. Kaya nga, on the other side, if God is the light and life, Satan is the darkness and death. Dahil sa kanya nagkaroon ng death, pumasok yung sin na ang consequence naman nito ay death. So dito makikita natin na there are really two sides dito sa story na makikita natin in the Bible. And if God is uh, someone who would want to give us the blessing, who would want um, who would want to give us the life, ang binigay niya rin kasi sa atin ay yung pangako na kapag tinupad niya ay dapat maniwala tayo. So at the Old Testament, um, we know we are very familiar with the law of Moses. Um, we are familiar with the prophets. Nagbigay sila ng mga prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. At sa panahon ng first coming, Jesus said that he is he is the light. Na kung sino yung maniniwala sa kanya will not live in darkness anymore. What does that mean? Na mauunawaan na na siya na nagfulfill ng pangako ng Diyos, na hindi na confuse yung tao. Pero God so much loved us na even... Um, nung panahon na before dumating si Jesus, yung ignorance ng mga tao nun, yung sariling mga interpretation or understanding of the scripture before dumating si Jesus, it was overlooked by God. Kaya nga sa Acts chapter 17, God said na ang gusto lang naman niya ay makapag-repent tayo. But what kind of repentance is that? Is that when when the truth comes, we must be able to believe in the truth. Diba we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and Jesus is the light. So, Doon natin makikita na in the Bible, everything is actually connected. Everything will be simple. And maunawaan natin na yun nga, um, itong mga pangako na to ng Diyos, it was given to us. Although 
mahirap kasi siyang maunawaan because the language used by God is something na hindi plain. Diba sabi ni Jesus, I've spoke everything in parables. At yung parables na yun ay hindi rin madaling maunawaan. Kumbaga, siguro let me give an example para mas madaling ma, ma, uh, maunawaan ng bawat isa. Na, for example, uh, Burns is um, like a, a K-pop fan. Uh, K-drama, not K-pop. We need to make that distinction. Yeah. <laughs> for example, yung pinapanood nyo na ano yung start-up na oh. yeah, K-drama. Yes, yes, yes. What if that artist Uh, K-pop artist. Namjoyok! Suzy! Suzy Bae. Namjoyok. Namjoyok, yes. Grabe yung kaksin ni Burns, eh, no? Kuha-kuha, eh, di ba? Hopefully. Could be some. Hindi, joke lang. Pag-alap naman tayo dyan. Joke lang, joke lang, joke lang. Kung hindi naman i-air yan, i-edit pa naman to, di ba? Sama pa rin. Okay, wag na. Okay. For example, uh, that uh, artist wrote you a promise. Uh-huh. Pero kahit na natanggap mo yung letter na yun na sinulat niya, but if you don't understand that kind of language, ang tendency, you will interpret it on your own. Or even if you mm. are uh, a, uh, a group of uh, uh, ano yun? fans, your mm. fans club, for example. Yes, yes, yes. Dahil excited kayo na natanggap niyo yung letter na yun from, from that uh, K-pop artist, And tendency, if you don't know how to read that kind of language, you will interpret mm. on your own. Yep. Pero if someone knows how to read that kind of language, let's say you're very well, uh, you know how to understand Hangul na, then and tendency, kami hindi maruno, we have to listen to you. Kasi ikaw yung nakakaunawa. Mm. Pero hindi ba mas maganda rin na nasabi mo na sa amin yung understanding, kami din mag-aral din kami ng Hangul. That's true. That's Para true. we can verify. Para we can check ay oo nga, tama nga yung sabi ni Burns. Tama yung interpretation niya. So that's the same thing. I think in our life of faith, uh, right. we have to understand God's plan based on the language that He has given us. At um, yun, very important yun sa, sa, sa life of faith natin. Kasi eventually, kung nagkakaunawaan na tayong lahat, if we are all on the same page, if we all believe in the same truth, then wala na yung discrimination. Wala na yung pagkaaway. I love it. I love it. Diba? Uh, at ano ba yung, yung, paano ba natin ma-achieve yun? Si Jesus sinabi niya, he was talking to the um, Jews during that time. So mga Jews, mga believers dapat sila. Pero yung sabi ni Jesus, if you are my true disciples, mm-hmm. then you have to obey my teachings. Mm-hmm. At ano ba yung teachings niya? Yung truth niya. At kapag lahat tayo, naging disciples in Jesus, if we all believe in the same truth, then, eto na, ma- masosolve na yung, yung problema natin. Kaya nga, importante yeah. yung dialogue. Importante yes. that we listen. I just want to add to my dear brother, um, Harold. Um, ganda nung sinasabi ni Harold. Kasi, diba alam mo, Sam, I think, nung first few episodes, especially to our viewers and listeners, may mga moments that we would take 10 minutes about may questions kami kay Harry, may questions sila sa akin, or may question kay Dennis. And then as we dialogue about a certain concept, hmm. take a very similar, it it sometimes boils down to semantics. Ang painful, hmm. churches, relationships, friendships get destroyed because of an understanding of a word, of a line, of whatever. But you know, one of the grateful things I am, I am grateful for is like my friendship with Dennis and um, Sam and Harold because 
ito talaga yung, ano mo, honestly, sobrang blessed ako ng 2020 because yes, maraming natanggal. And I preached about last Sunday. Maraming natanggal sa akin, like, financial opportunity. Pero grabe yung gratitude ko about this podcast, our podcast. Like, dude, I have not gone out of this podcast. Yung hindi ako nag-off-air ng masama loob. Parang gano'n. Oh! <laughs> May kausap pa akong katolik ko nice. na follower ni Lord. Minsan after ko kausapin, nasama na loob ko. Eh, parang nagka-mental health issue ako kasi parang <laughs> depressed ako dun. Ah. Parang gano'n. Or, or nagkaroon ako nasama na loob kasi because antigas ng ulo or whatever. But we we have so many dif- differences as as we have different faith. Pero, I mean, I look forward to our Fridays and, and, and that two hours and a half of of just discussing faith journeys ang saya Lala, brother so Jay, i yeah no i thank you so much for saying that and i really credit you guys pastor dennis and brother jay and insta harry for being able to yes come with our differences but able to like navigate a conversation in a way that is not like offensive it's always about being you know at the end of the day we're friends we all profess the same god and we are really just trying to flesh out like okay what is the understanding here why do we not see eye to eye on this and right. yeah there's a you know gentleness in the way we go about it there's humor and i really enjoy that about you guys i mean that's what you guys bring to the table burns okay last words i know you know this has um run longer than you know i intended and i'm very sorry about that just as an ending thought you know can you talk about the division in the church right now how do you suggest we go about our differences? Okay, it's uh yeah, I agree with everyone's insights and just to add on perspective to that, as a Catholic now, I, I think that the issue on unity boils down to authority. You know, at the core of the the division between the eastern churches and the western churches. Okay, first let's put things into perspective, no? Uh St. John Paul II, I want to give context first. St. John Paul II in his encyclical Redemptoris Missio, okay, or the mission on saving the world. I don't know the exact Latin uh, English translation of that Latin letter, but he says something very beautiful there. The po- the church does not impose, it proposes. No? And for the past 2000 years, even though it has been, you know, maligned and misconstrued, misrepresented by kingdoms, by groups of people, and even by whole civilizations for 2,000 years. The church has been always counter-cultural, no? Because it believes, as it has been given to, he- to her by God, that she has to guard the fullness of truth, which is the technical theological term that we are using is depositum fide, or the deposit of faith that they have received from the apostles. Now, what happened in around 1054? Many people would say that 1054 is the split between the Roman Catholic Church, the Western Church, and the Eastern Church. It's as if that it's just one event that led to it. No, but the, the reality is, if we are going back to history, and really without, as you know, Pastor Denny said, without academizing everything, it's important that we study history also because we have to know what happened before. Because as I have said, our Christian faith is con- is in continuity. We have to always look at ourselves and ask, is what I'm believing now the same beliefs and the same, you know, even the essentials are just are still the same as the early church? So what happened in this is more of political. Yung nangyari sa separation ng uh, Eastern 
and the Western churches. So, uh, uh, adding on to what John Paul said, there were patriarchs. Jeremiah Paul. Uh, Jeremiah Paul, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Promise. I will not make a mistake anymore. But what I wanted to say is uh, in the early church, again, it's important that we go back to the history of the first century Christianity because that's, that's where we will see eh, what did the early believers believe in? How did the early believers who were proximate to the apostles themselves? Can you? This is one of the best things that I've discovered as a revert Catholic. Eh? We can know. The, the, the life of the church at that time, because there are thousands of, if not hundreds of writings of the church fathers which can shed light. To answer the viewer's question, why is there so much division? I think there is so much pride. So much pride that we don't want to sit down, put the facts on the table, to put historical facts on the table, to discuss openly as what Pastor Dennis is saying and what Instructor H has been inviting us to do, to listen to one another. The church has a message. But if we are just going to dismiss it as ignorant, as incompetent, as a lie, then we will not go anywhere. Similarly, if I listen to a non-Catholic Christian, and even before I talk to him, I would always I always I will already consider him ah, non-Catholic yan, wala akong matututunan dyan, mali lahat na sasabihin yan. There's no dialogue there. And what is the cause of that? We go back to what Pastor Denny said earlier, spiritual pride. So I, I think what this show is doing is we are putting perspectives from different angles, putting them together, and we are having a respectful dialogue. And this is what the church needs now. This is what all Christians need now. Gone are the days that we would be putting up a piece of paper on a, a church's door, declaring our opposition to anyone, like what happened in the Reformation. But I think today what we need to do is to sit down, learn from one another. If the church claims this, then we have to examine why. Let's not just dismiss it as if the church cannot say anything correct. In John chapter 17, Jesus said this priestly prayer before he was betrayed and before he entered willingly into his passion. Father, I pray not only for them, referring to the apostles or the disciples who were with him, but I pray for anyone who will believe through them that they may be one, just as you and I are one, that they may come into perfect unity, that they may be one. If you would just read and reflect on John chapter 17, you would see there that the Lord is really desiring the unity of his body. St. Paul is telling us in Corinthians and even in Romans, I think, perhaps uh, instructor H can correct me, which, are, which is, where, where is this located, Romans or Corinthians, that we are one body, one baptism, right? And, and and one faith in the Lord. So in John chapter 17, the Lord prays for unity. And, and, and James tells us that the prayers of the righteous avails much. Now we have to reflect. 2,000 years after Christ established Christianity, how are we doing now in terms of that unity? Where are we in terms of learning from one another? Where are we in terms of dialogue? One episode of The Narrow Door is not enough, but I hope this particular episode is an invitation for all of us to finally sit down calmly without being preachy to try to you know learn from one another and learn from the first century christianity guys just to wrap it up for me no this is just my opinion all of this searching all of this studying has to be based on grace faith in itself is something that we don't deserve god gave it to us first and god uh. has given us one lifetime 
to unbox the faith. One lifetime to really leave no stones unturned in searching for truth. And that truth is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. And for us Catholics, we believe that this truth has established a church, right? Historically speaking, that has, became, that has become the deposit of the faith from 2,000 years ago. It's a claim, but it is worthy of examination. You might not believe it. You may believe it. It's up to you. As I have said, Pope John Paul II says, the church is here to propose, not to impose. Actually, my real question for you is, what is the secret to your manner of speaking? Because you're so hard to interrupt. I have been <laughs> wanting. <laughs> I have been wanting to like interject. Sorry, Sam. I'm no, 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 no. I actually find it like fascinating. But once you start talking, you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> it's so hard for, the, for me to interject. No. Um, thank you Everything so much. Everything is grace. We're just Amen. 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 Thank you. And that was such a nice way to wrap things up today. You know, despite your journey and where you are now with it and how strongly you feel about the faith, you know, at the end of the day, we're still, I think you still agree with the essence of this podcast, which is, you yeah. know, Christ would want us to be one. And right. yes, there could be some uncomfortable conversations along the way, but I think that's necessary. Face those. Yeah, and we mm. can have, you know, um, just a spirit of, of friendship and dialogue right. um, to get to that point. Hopefully, I mean, when I was listening to Insta Harry talk earlier, like that sounded very hopeful that yeah. maybe one day there will come a time when we can all be united. And it sounds to me like that was what Jesus was praying about in John 17, as you guys, and as, as our listener was also asking earlier. Um, unboxing Catholicism. What you heard Burns talk about, that's a taste of what happens over there, um, unboxingcatholicism.com. I think your website, as of this recording, you guys are preparing for a relaunch, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's best if they want to get in touch. They want... Bless they you, can... <laughs> Brother Jay. Ano muna? Huh? Sorry? <laughs> so Brother, Brother Jay sneezed. Ah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay yeah. so I, I would like to invite everyone no, to become part of the Unboxing Catholicism community. Because we started as a podcast, then it became a live show. Now it's a community with more than 1,000 members. So amazing. That's, uh, I created an online course on how to explain the faith clearly without being preachy. So even non-Catholics can take it because it's just about evangelization. Of course, there are Catholic references there. But you know, if you are open, you want to learn, because I myself still watch a lot of Protestant pastors preaching. And I get so inspired. Like, for example, Rick Warren. Rick Warren, do you know that he prays the Divine Mercy Chaplet every day with his wife? I heard, right? yes. Right? Uh -uh. And there are other pastors, like the pastors of CCF. You know, these are great people, even pastors of Victory. I still watch them all. I even, I, I, I'm so excited to really sit down one afternoon and just read all the entries of Pastor Dennis in his blog. So yeah, so here in Unboxing Catholicism, we have a community open for all. Anyone can sign up. Go to www.unboxingcatholicism.com slash community. When you sign up, you're going to receive a series of emails from me. And you can be part of the Facebook group where we post exclusive content. And I go live every Sunday at 8.30 to tackle different uh, topics on apologetics, but not in a confrontational manner because I'm so tired of people <laughs> calling out each other. We just, you know, we can unbox the faith and present its beauty without putting down others, diba? Yes! That's what oh. I do. That's what I do in unboxing. And we also have a podcast. You can search Spotify for that. I love that. Yeah, we can 
love our faith and talk about yeah. it without putting other people down um, exactly. about their faith. Sinasabi mo pa yung line mo na deep in the faith and let it burns. Gusto ko yun Oh, that's a good line. <laughs> yeah, so you guys check that out. I have become a member of the Unboxing Catholicism community myself. So please come join us. And also, you know, our panel here on the show, you guys can check them out on their own yeah. platforms as well. They have their own podcast. Pastor Dennis C., you can check him out on the Victory Greenhouse YouTube channel. Um, he has a podcast called Big Bro and Friends. And our parenthood with his wife Tammy. Insta Harold does not have a podcast, but his church is maraming ganap. There's you know free online Bible classes. There's open worship. There's webinars that wow. you can check out every week. Brother J Paul, of course, Feast Ortigas District on YouTube and Facebook, and the J Paul Hernandez podcast. If you guys are into entrepreneurship, you know finance, he sits down with people and discuss different aspects of. Um, these fields and you know if you're looking to breathe life into your business you can sit in on these conversations with brother j paul guys thank you so much burns thank you for joining us i feel like you know i have a feeling you'll be coming back and joining us in future conversations and i'm looking forward to it already our email address the narrow door podcast at gmail.com and we'll see you on the next episode thanks for joining us bye everybody i'm <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.